Welcome to Bipolar Bicoastal. I'm Anna. And I'm Maria. We're twins living on opposite coasts. Here to talk about navigating life while bipolar. Well, welcome everyone. This week we have a very special guest, one Elena Morrissey. Yeah. Hi, Hi. Elena. <laughs> we also talk about you literally every episode, so I felt like you needed to come Honored, on. Honored, honestly. <laughs> For those of you who are wondering who Elena is, she is our friend from college. She and I were roommates our first year of college. And then all and the she other and I were roommates well. our last year of college. Mm-hmm. And we threw dope-ass fucking parties. Um, and we, she also is the person who was around us the most during each of our manic episodes. I would say, our, sorry, the friend who was around the most during each of our manic episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually there the night that Anna was hospitalized. She also is the person who we talk about whenever we talk about New Year's Eve. She... we spent every New Year's Eve together since we've met each other besides, I think, two years. Yeah, maybe just one time. Actually, I think it was just the one time that we were in Mm. Colorado for a wedding. I think that's the only time. Honestly, very selfish of us to not either fly (laughs) back to Baltimore or fly Elena out to Colorado. One of those. (laughs) Because, you know, we had had the funds. We could have flown around. We did not have the bed space, Uh, though. Oh, no. That was it would have big, cost a lot of very contentious. Drama. Yeah, I think it was that year. I think it was also the year that our one friend from no, you were there when our one friend from high school invited yeah. those other people. Oh from high gosh! School. Oh my gosh! Wow, Elena, you've really been through us with us through the <laughs> all was, the bad times. All the ones. I might have been the only person there. Like I think it was just us, your significant others, and then just mm-hmm. like a very small New Year's Eve type thing, and then your friend invited some people from high school who and it was like very un- uncomfortable and terrible oh we lost you for a oh, second no. so you're saying it was just you uh starting to others and like three random people at our good our then good friend from high school yeah not good not good not, not a fun new year's <laughs> i still had mm-hmm. a great time actually Oh, we listened. We did listen to the Beyonce. It's all titled Beyonce. Yeah, album. and like I was with you guys, and I like your city from the others, and I was fine. Like I had a, I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazing. I'm glad that we all had middling. Yeah, and times. I think I got pretty drunk, and like I looked good. Like I remember looking good that night, so yeah. you know I felt good about it. That's I good. I mean, you, I'm sure you looked great. I'm sure you took a great photo as well. I yeah, remember the photos we took, and I think, yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, most of our New Year's, um, I think most people's New Year's in general have some sort of, like, drama mm-hmm. around them. Like, just thinking back to the ones that we've had since college, there was that night where there was oh, wait, a little wait, bit wait. of drama. Sorry. Pause, because Lena was saying, and I think something, and I want to know what she was thinking. Oh, I don't think I, did I say that? I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I think she was just saying she she thought that she felt Yeah, that's probably um, No, I do agree yeah. that New Year's is something that you, you know, like a birthday where, like, even if you have a really good time, yeah. there's so much going on in your head that you end up sort of like, at least I end yeah. up usually like ruining it for myself somehow by overthinking it. So, mm-hmm. lead death yeah. to all holidays. <laughs> well, you are the queen of like hosting, but also the queen of hosting anxiety. Yeah, I would Gwen say. says I have party anxiety. <laughs> Gwen is Elena's girlfriend and our good friend as well. Elena is also 
studying to get her master's of social work. So she knows a thing or two about mental health. And so we thought she would be great to have on for that reason as well. Unlicensed, unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's honestly, you've got way more credentials than you <laughs> must do. That's true. But still none. So no one take Elena's <laughs> advice and place a, like, a therapist or something for them. Anna, how is your cat? Yeah, he's having a tough day. He threw up this morning. Um, and now he's like, I don't know. It's been like a weird time for him in general. And he was doing really, he's doing better. But today is like kind of, I don't know what's happening. Like I gave him his dry food and he's not into that or his wet food. I don't know. So I might be going to the vet later this week. But I'm sure I'll let you all know next week about what happens if I do end up going. What age is he again? Um, either like 16 or 17. Okay, yeah, so he's like a thousand years old. He's mm-hmm. very old for a cat. Well, some cats, I mean, we're hoping, knock on wood, yeah. that um he'll, he'll be one of the ones that lives into their 20s, wow. but we'll see. He's doing good, like in general, he's doing very well, but this has been a little hard time for him. The quarantine is hard on all of us. You, you know, it has been. At first, it was, like, his favorite thing that I was, like, home all the time. And I think it's just, you know, it's been over 100 days. It's getting to everyone. It's not as fun anymore. Yeah. I moved all of my plants to places where he couldn't chew on them. That's really lowered his <laughs> his enjoyment and hobby level. And actually, in a, so what I actually did this weekend is I t- went to Ace Hardware twice and Target twice to get pots and potting mm-hmm. soil. And I kept on either not being able to find pots that would fit or were cute. Like, I ended up with a huge pot for this um, root-bound Monstera plant that Maria got me for my birthday. Thank you, Maria. Um, and I got, like, a pot that's way too big for it. And so it's required so many bags of soil that I didn't expect to have, like, that it would take. Oh, so my I'm- God. Yeah, I made four trips, and the, the last trip I made was at, like, 9.30 p.m. last night because I was worried about it, like, sitting, like, with its roof half out. And the Target had closed, like, 30 minutes, or, like, an hour early. And I yeah, got there, and they like, oh, that it's... during quarantine. No, but it was, like, unexpected. It was, like, in the, oh. like, like, they were open, technically, but they were, like, oh, no, we closed earlier today. It's <laughs> like, oh, great. Thank you for telling me after I walked 20 minutes in the dark in my neighborhood that it's like not the safest to do this. And I'm like, that's awesome. So it's also so hot yesterday. <laughs> Did you get the rest of the soil you needed? No, everything was closed at that point. I went to Giant to see if they had any, but it was just like charcoal. And then I'm going to have to go to the store today. I yeah. also yeah. would worry I mean, that if you put it in a pot that's too big, that might not be great for it. I know. This is the danger that you overwater. Isn't that the yeah, problem? Yeah, I don't. See, I never know why, but I've it's exper- like I've had the experience before where I've put something in a pot that's way too big for it, and it just seems unhappy. And then I put it in a smaller pot, and it just seems like to brighten up. And I don't know what the science is. It yeah. just like seems like a better fit. I don't. So maybe I don't need more potting soil. I was like, need a new pot. That's a good perspective. It's just like the, I don't know if you friends. It's like the supply is so limited right now. Mm-hmm. Like when I had that Target, they had like literally like four pots, and they were all like huge outdoor uh-huh. ones. Or, like, yeah. very small, like, ones with people's, like, with, like, a weird face on them. <laughs> and then um, Age Hardware, they were always, like, very ugly and very picked over. Oh, but... That sucks. Uh, the Age Near Me has, yeah. like, almost too many pots. Like, it's, like, too much going on. A lot of them uh, are ugly. I will give yeah. you that. There's a lot of ugly stuff. 
Yeah, and like they'll have like the pot that is like the right size, but be like the wrong color, or be like the right size, right color, and like the like tray, the like the drainage like catcher mm-hmm. tray thing will be like the wrong color. It's just like yeah. it's just is this good content? Yes, uh, I wanted to say love. that I have a rattlesnake plant that keeps dying, and <laughs> I so I separated off the the several healthy leaves and put them into a new pot and. I think they're going to die as well. Oh, shoot. Um, if anybody knows how to take care of a rattlesnake plant, it's like getting brownie around the edges and then little brown spots in it. And then none of the, new, all the new leaves keep growing dead. So you, someone was, another friend was telling me about a plant they had where new leaves kept coming up dead. And I was trying to look into it and I said, maybe they were overwatering no. it, but that was just enough. That was just a guess. Yeah. Maybe send me a picture of this plant later though, Maria. Okay. Well, Elena's really <laughs> I just, good at plants. I, yeah. um, I will send you a video later. She's yeah, just gonna do it all. I'm not good in like a science why I'm good in like a like when you do something enough times and you mess up enough times, you like do it right eventually and then you're like, Oh I I now I am smart. That's literally what learning is. That might be I science. could describe learning. <laughs> it would not allow you to denigrate your plant expertise. Oh my god, is that building a skill? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nobody asked, but my cat, mini cat is Going through some stuff what? as well. Mini. And I have a voice memo about it. Let me see if oh, I can yeah. it. I'm recording this voice memo because Minnie has thrown up four times tonight. And it turns out she had a hairball, which is her first hairball Aww. in a year since having her. And I don't know if I should be concerned. Also, I was approved to kitten foster. <gasps> so that's amazing. But I'm concerned about Minnie keep you updated minnie's fine it was one hair <laughs> okay she does have very long hair i'm surprised it took this long for her to get you're just a ball. concerned parent also congrats on being able to foster kittens she has a foster kitten oh well okay you were yeah kind of blew your wad enough but yeah i have a foster kitten <laughs> oh don't use that expression maria wow this is jeanette Janet, she is the noisiest cat. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this cat? <laughs> she, oh, that, now I set her off. She's starting to be. Oh, she hurt herself. Yeah, she's eight she weeks hurt. old or nine weeks old, and she's so cute. And her name, she said Janet, but she spotted Jeanette, so I'm saying it's Jeanette. I, I prefer the name sure. Jeanette. And. She is like has a very loud meow, but she hasn't been doing it the past couple of days because we've become friends. And she sleeps cold up on top of me every night, and it's so cute. Aww, like she literally will sleep in the crook between my chin and my neck. That's really she's cute. She's that Aww. little, and she has the loudest purr. And if so, if you hear any noises, it's her because she's been like banging into the closet and stuff like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Her meow sounds like an old man yelling. Yeah, she has, she has like a smoker's yeah. meow. Sounds like a distress yeah. of some sort. Distress signal. Yeah, she did not like being in a cage or in a car. So I think that's, that's what fair. It was. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing? You don't have Me? any pets. Um, yes, no, no pets. Uh, actually, I was thinking the other day about how Gwen really wants a dog and how I think it would add a lot of joy to my life, but also a lot of anxiety. Oh, well, you mm. are moving into a house with like a backyard. Yes. So. And yesterday we talked to a neighbor at that yard and she, we were like, oh, what if we 
there's a deck in the house, but the, the deck doesn't have uh. stairs down to the yard. And we were like, obviously, we'll just mm. make stairs down to the yard. We'll finish the fence. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor was like, well, you know, when you put stairs down, that's really inviting a lot of security problems. You just have to be more like mm. you just have to know that like somebody might try to break in that back door easily because there's stairs there. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, oh. if, that's, if the only thing stopping them is that the deck has no stairs, I feel like they could just hop over the, like, the deck's not, su- whatever. I was like, basically, like, yeah. okay, great. Mm-hmm. So now, like, our plan is, like, should we build, like, a giant security fence in the backyard and then, oh and then build God. stairs and then get a dog and then put, like, broken glass on top of the fence, yeah. I guess, too. Like, <laughs> 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 Seriously, and, it's, and the woman was just, like, giving us all this advice because she has this, like, gorgeous house. Rooftop mm-hmm. deck, decks for miles that mm-hmm. she had built recently in the last two years. She literally invited us in and was like, do you want to see my house and my deck? And we were like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, definitely. And she's the next door neighbor. And then we were like, what would you do if you were us, like, to this backyard? And she was like, hmm, well, and gave us, like, all this advice that actually was just, like, stuff that made me nervous. And so. Stuff that, yeah, that you didn't <laughs> Yeah, I was like, hear, okay, yeah. so now we have to buy, like, I don't know. Basically, now I have no idea. But also, I walked. I walk this dog every once in a while. You guys both know this. Yeah, Watson. Watson. And I walked him the other day, mm-hmm. and literally thirty seconds into our walk, he ate a chicken bone, and I had to reach in his throat. No. And pull, I pulled it out and threw it. But of course, there's a part of me that was like, "Did he already swallow any of it?" And so yeah. I was like, "Great, like." If I get a dog in the city, it's basically like you turn the corner and there's like poison in front of you, and the dog is like, I would love to eat this poison. Yeah, so many yeah. chicken bones. Yeah, they're fucking everywhere. And then I would just like end up at the emergency hospital, you know, the vet hospital all the time. Yeah. So that's my gosh. thoughts on dogs. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned this, but Elena lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and she's moving closer to uh, downtown. Yes. We wanted to go where it was happening. Yeah. I mean, that is, like, that is true. Like, when you have an animal, you do have, like, a responsibility to keep it alive. And, like, that is its own, like, if if you're a person yeah. with, like, anxiety or that, like, that's, like, definitely true. I would also say, though, they're, like, they're pretty, like, they're pretty good usually. Like, I, I feel like even walking yeah. Watson, well, actually, with Watson, you had a few run-ins that are, like, less than pleasant. But, yeah. I don't know. One time I was walking when I was a dog walker, and I thought that it ate, perhaps, glass. <laughs> and I, like... Oh my I didn't god! See what like, I reached into its mouth. It was like a pit bull, so I was like, "This is not fun." And I like reached into its oh mouth. Oh my like, god! There was, like, nothing there, so it had like either like swallowed really quickly or like I don't know. But it, and I was like, "Do I tell them like the owners like, like they don't seem to be in pain or anything? Like there's like no cuts on their tongue. I think they just eat, had eaten like wood. Uh-huh. Like they just like swallowed like a stick yeah. or something." Um, but I felt like the worst person, I probably am the worst person in the entire world for not, like, immediately, like, calling emergency animal hospital, but I really didn't want, like, <laughs> to be, like, doing that. Like, I was, like, nervous. I was like, what if I kill this person's yes, dog? Exactly. I don't know. And it's, it is stressful. Exactly. But, I mean, I know they bring a lot <sighs> of joy to people's lives. Even when I was a child, it made sure. me anxious to have animals, and, like, I loved our animals, but I would constantly check, like, the gates at our house because my dad would leave the uh, gate open and our dog would just like walk out of the gate and walk down the street so maybe this is like oh maybe this is like a something to you know to go to p- take to therapy with me or something. yeah possibly one of those ones yeah because yeah. <laughs> my mom was just saying how when i was going through my episode and you'll remember this we can probably transition right into yeah like- i wanted to say that our episode is it's going to be like kind of about boundaries this episode and just kind of how to enforce them and and also just about supporting people who are bipolar specifically friends and also making sure you're taking care of taking care of yourself if 
someone that you know has bipolar disorder or is going through an episode. I'm also just really curious about like what it was like for Elena to experience it from someone who was mm-hmm. like outside of us. But the what I was gonna say is when you'll remember when I was out like out of the hospital, I like, kept asking for a cat. Like that's all I mm-hmm. asked for. And or like asked is probably too like passive of a word. I was like yeah. demanded and like screamed for. Mm-hmm. And my mom was saying that like every mental health professional was like she like she really needs one like you gotta get her one she was like oh but she like lives with me like she doesn't live by herself like, yeah and I, like and she was like i i get the advice like it's like, well-intentioned but also mm-hmm. like we've had some like traumatic cat experiences in our like life before yeah. and like she was like i i get it like in an ideal world like we would she would have a cat like today but there's just like you know people who are allergic in the house and all this stuff so i think like they are really good for mental health but there also are like other considerations usually but i don't know he was probably the best thing i did for my mental health besides like taking uh medication (laughs) therapy treatment best thing best thing a type of you know a type of treatment and it's really interesting that that you demanded him and that he was such like what i wonder what this part of you that was Mm -hmm. like this will be good for me, you know? Yeah, I think, like, on a logical level, I knew that I needed something to, like, take care of and, like, Mm -hmm. that would get me out of bed and make me um, responsible for, like, another animal's well-being. I think we're somewhere in this, all of us, that, like, we're, we're mostly, like, motivated by doing things for others. Like, that's how I get out of bed much more. I wouldn't have woken up as early today as I did if I didn't have, like, something, like, a commitment to you all that I had to make and, like, mm-hmm. for this recording, not even early, but just, like, as early as I did. So I knew that that would be helpful for me, but I think another part of it is just that I've always loved pets and animals and always, like, really wanted a cat, and this was just another reason. I, I, I also had good experiences in the hospital, like, being at Australia, but the funny, th- like, you're saying, that you're right, the funny thing is I hadn't been around them or an outpatient except for like the last week so I must have just I had started asking about that therapy like in the beginning so I must have just yeah. known that animals would be like therapeutic in some way also the, the guy that I was doing at the time his dog was like lovely and very helpful for me I remember I wanted him that dog to be a part mm-hmm. of my treatment plan as well I do so. vaguely remember that now yeah <laughs> yeah I'm also just remembering that now yeah <laughs> so should we, should we get into the yeah, I'll let Elena now. We're yeah. asking Elena questions about ourselves. About us, <laughs> yeah. So, Elena, I guess my working definition of a boundary is uh, like a certain set of behaviors that if other people do them, then you either verbalize them that you're going, like, if you do these things, I'm going to leave or just leave if they do them and you like make that commitment to yourself to do so but you don't do it like in order to control anyone's behavior Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering since you watched both of us go through our manic episodes and we weren't obviously like the most nice kind relaxed people during that time were there certain (laughs) things that you decided you couldn't be around or, or wouldn't be around or was were you just kind of like because it was with Anna, your first manic episode of me, like, your second, were you just kind of, like, taking things as they came? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it probably was taking things as they came and wasn't very conscious. I think I was looking through a lot of the questions you were asking, I think a lot of them, the answers kind of end up coming together in a lot of ways, but 
think given mm-hmm. my like background in my personal life and my professional background, I'm weirdly more comfortable in situations that look a lot like Anna's experience, you know, like mm-hmm. people who are not able to take care of themselves might be mm-hmm. like, you know, self-injurious ideation, kind of things like that, where it's like super scary, but there is this like feeling of like, we have to take care of this person. They cannot take care of themselves. We need to be here. Like there's a reason to be here. It's a good decision to be here. Like they need other people. Whereas Mm -hmm. with Maria, you were completely able to take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. you were experiencing these feelings of confidence and grandiosity that I had never experienced in a, you know, in a person where I'm like, things might not be going Mm -hmm. super well. So I think I just like And also you were experiencing really high levels of irritability sometimes, you know, like I think you guys Mm -hmm. talked about in one of your episodes, like lability, like you were kind of like feeling really good and then like really annoyed almost within, you know, pretty um, small amounts of time. And I think I just had less experience with those, with those kinds of situations. And Mm -hmm. so I think honestly, I didn't make a lot of conscious decisions. I just like kind of like Mm -hmm. flying by the seat of my pants as was everyone it kind of felt like Mm -hmm. even though you like to think like you learn so much from an experience yeah (laughs) but but at the same time I think it almost crippled me a little bit having seen Anna's experience because I had no concept that it might not end in a hospitalization you know I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. sorry am I getting too intense too fast no 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 go for it it's jump right in talked about our cats for so long (laughs) I think that my and now as someone who just has read more and learned more and has been in in school and seen your experience I know that for a lot of people you know a hypomanic or episode or by whatever I know that you don't have a specific diagnosis it doesn't really matter to you but like a lot of episodes don't end up in the hospital and like you don't end up needing needing treatment or like direct help where you cannot take care of yourself anymore like a lot of times like you like you said the person becomes depressed and they sort of see this like cyclical Mm -hmm. nature and they're like okay like I and now I I have a clearer picture of what's going on but I think like when we sort of saw you speeding up my my body just like went into this immediate like fear of like she's going to be afraid and she's going to need to go to the hospital and she's Mm -hmm. not gonna be able to take care of herself and she lives on her own and that's really scary and like you know what could go wrong and like instead of being like you know this might not actually end up in an ambulance <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah i mean and, it sorry I'm sorry Anna. you go ahead and then i'll, and then I'll ask what i was gonna ask. Well, so like, i mean like i technically did end up in an ambulance but i think that's like a really good point that it's so much easier to take care of someone or to like be there for someone when it's so obvious that they are not doing well and I I mean I know that I wasn't open to help really when I was that way but it was very obvious that I needed it and I think you're right like with Maria's episode it was like our immediate thought was we need to get her hospitalized once that didn't happen for the rest of the time we were like when's the other shoe gonna drop first of all like when is she gonna need to go to the hospital but second of all like then what do we do if if that's not the solution and I think that's a larger political reckoning about like the purpose of institutions and the purpose of Mm -hmm. hospitalization and stuff in those situations but I also will say like Maria did end up in a hospital and in an ambulance it was just for a physical illness and that was kind of like the tipping Mm -hmm. point so I don't know what that means I don't know like what the lesson is like going forward with like that I I, I, yeah I I think like 
that also what you said about like how we were like oh we'll be prepared the next time it just doesn't like doesn't work that way unfortunately like i wish it i really wish it did i also wanted to ask lena just real quick would you mind outlining your professional experience that sort of lent itself to this you can go into your personal too if you want yeah so i work in special education i work with kids who have intellectual disabilities and physical disabilities and usually both and a lot of emotional disabilities you were saying Mm -hmm. like you didn't want help like I work with kids all day who like they don't want help a lot of the times and like they don't want to they can't express themselves and they don't want to listen to me and like that really doesn't bother me (laughs) at all and and it's like not yeah I don't know I think not to compare your experience to their experience but I think yeah (laughs) I mean and and, like I, I am in love with most of the kids I work with so it's fine but and also in my personal life my dad has been very sick before and a lot of the time really sick mm-hmm. he was really angry and didn't want to listen yeah, because people yeah. when they're very sick they're confused and what's going on mm-hmm. and they're angry at you know whatever is happening and so like that part doesn't <laughs> it doesn't bother me as much yeah <laughs> but I had never been around someone feeling great and also not doing well <laughs> so I think that was, that yeah. was just like that's a really just, interesting it, I think was new and I think just like my knee-jerk reaction that things were going to go badly and even though you did end up you know getting sick and going to the hospital and sort of then experiencing depression I think if I hadn't had such a I wonder sometimes if I hadn't had such a knee-jerk reaction that like it was gonna you know like that it was gonna be horrible that I might have been able to stay calmer and like sort of just be more like level not that it would have you know who knows if it would have mattered at all it's so stupid to be like should have would have whatever but I do think like I just like immediately panicked (laughs) yeah And that's a really good point that you made about, like, I hadn't thought about how with your dad's hospitalization, so much of them involved surgery and therefore involved anesthesia, which, like, coming out of, he wasn't entirely lucid or, like, aware of why he was there and he was, like, really upset about Mm -hmm. it. I hadn't really thought, like, it's funny that that it put him in kind of a similar mindset to someone going through something, like like a mental health crisis even though his health crisis was majority physical that's so interesting I hadn't really thought of it that way before because he was a different I mean he was he was not like the person that you were used to in the hospital a lot of the times that you were there it's also kind of like that wounded animal like kind of lashing out and also people just in general don't like being told that they need help by people like it's just yeah yeah and that makes sense like I don't (laughs) <laughs> like I, I totally get that yeah I mean a lot of it like I, th- I don't know if people realize this but when like you said it was anesthesia and stuff but also just with um like being in the ICU I've heard, I've heard this is very mm-hmm. common like people sort of like experience delirium and they are like confused about where they are they don't know what's wrong with them like my dad mm-hmm. would be like mm-hmm. he would like say that different things were wrong with him when like his, his heart was what was wrong and he'd be like oh no everything's he'd be like everything's broken but my penis <laughs> i don't know where like where would he have gotten that thought from you know it's just like his, like he just wasn't all there and so a lot yeah it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like you guys talk about it's very funny and very sad at the same time but you know you laugh about it you laugh about right it oh well let's, let's let's ask that question though like what, what were like the funniest things that I mean, we'll go back into the deep stuff i'm sure but like what were like the funniest things that you remember yeah. from, um, like, that So, I apologize, or... Maria, that I literally did not answer your boundaries question. Oh, I think, I think we'll use my working definition of boundaries, yeah. and then yeah. we can come back to it. Yeah, if I think, want. yeah. 
<laughs> Maria's like, I answered my own questions, but actually, bye, thanks. Yeah, no, you don't need to talk anymore. Then I <laughs> we got it, thanks. <laughs> Just listen to my polar props if you want. Um, funny stories and what do we call it? Our wildest bipolar stories. Just listen to that episode. Lana, you can see you guys later. Um, this has been fun. Thank you for having me. But but I do, I do. Okay, sorry. I'm going all over the place. I do sort of have an answer to the boundaries thing, but I do want to answer the funny thing first because I was thinking about that. So I yeah. wasn't actually mm-hmm. here for this, Maria, but I do know that like I saw you later this day, but I remember everyone telling me that you bought a shirt that says like the talent has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like four of them. I forgot. I, I bought two, like one really small and one really large. I forgot about that. Oh my what God. Did, what did the shirt say exactly? You're right. It's the talent has arrived. Talent has arrived. Like, <laughs> the fact that you would buy two of them and one would be really small and yeah. one would be really big. I love that. I know. So you spent a lot of time like in like the Walmart like little boys t-shirt section. <laughs> I spent one day there, but it was a really good day for me, and I've since But you, right, you talked a lot. And I think it also really oh, sums yeah. up, like, how you were feeling at that moment. You know, you were like, <laughs> yeah. Alan has arrived, and you work, and you work in film, so it all, it, like, makes perfect sense. It was really funny, but the fact that, like, you bought, like, multiple versions, and you also, like, I think the reason why you bought, like, the really small ones, like, you're really feeling yourself, like, physically, too, and you're like, this mm. is, like so hot like tell has arrived like t-shirt it was like yeah. it was just yeah it's funny like that's a really good example of the the mania like just making you like in some ways like a heightened version of yourself not like a different version of yourself like it's your sense of humor still but yeah. the fact that you were first of all buying clothing at all but second of all like so i don't know just so into it, it was just funny. yeah that's a funny one did i tell you guys i well i bought three other shirts one was an american evil dabbing that's a dab mm-hmm. freedom <laughs> Yep, I remember that one. And that one I still have. Of course, like, none of these would fit me anymore, <laughs> slash do fit me anymore, because I had lost so much weight at that point. Um, <laughs> just since, thank God, gained back. And then one was a sick-ass fucking wolf shirt that had, mm-hmm. it was white with this, like, really cool wolf on the front with blue eyes that I lost at the beach on our birthday weekend. And then one was, I think it was a cat, and it said dab cat dab on cat it. yep yeah mm-hmm. and this guy <laughs> this guy like uh, don't listen mom like mom and dad close your ears but like this guy stayed over at my house and the next day i like couldn't find that shirt and i was like did he fucking steal my dab cat shirt <laughs> did he <laughs> and he had it was like a boy's large and he stole my fucking dab cat shirt and i when i asked him about it he denied it and then i was like down in um virginia beach buying my car tina and i like hit him up and again i was like if you have my fucking shirt like i'm coming he lived in norfolk and i was like if you have my fucking shirt like i'm coming back to get it and (laughs) and he had it so like oh my god he admitted to it yeah I forgot about that. I remember, you talked about that shirt so much, but I didn't remember the the rescue mission. And then I immediately lost it again, and now the only one oh, I have shoot. is the eagle dabbing. Ugh. And I gave away the talent has arrived shirts because who needs white t-shirts in their lives? That's, That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and I have I have some for Anna as well. Okay. Um, 
for okay, so I couldn't decide. There were two that I remembered, and you and we talked and we've talked Anna's a little bit to death, you know, just because it's been longer. I think since then, and mm-hmm. we have like just like recollected it a few more times. Yeah, we process that one better. Yeah. probably. I was thinking about that before this, and I listened to Maria's diagnosing or Maria's experience episode because I was like, I want to be on the page that both of them are on. I just wanted to make sure, but um, and it ended up being I was like, okay, I think I am on the right page, but um. So for Anna, it was when you had spent all this money at, I guess, on Michael's. Yeah. Yes. So you had mm-hmm. all these scrapbook items that you had bought, like $500. Mm-hmm. And this is like a pretty typical hypomanic manic behavior to spend all this money, right? And so that's mm-hmm. not like hilarious in itself. But but you, a lot of them were specifically themed, all those stickers you bought to like reflect things that were important to you and things that were important to your relationship at the time. And we, like a week mm-hmm. after you came home from um, outpatient, I believe, or maybe, sorry, from inpatient, we tried to go through them and, like, sift through the ones that maybe you didn't need to keep and the ones that you did want to keep, and, like, every single one of them, you were like, well, I have to keep this tree because, you know, the tree is a really specific symbol to me and my relationship, and then you'd be like, okay, next sticker, and you'd, like, be like, well, I have to keep this, you know, sticker of a flower because, and And, like, that's our whole thing is flowers, so, yeah, I, I, my mom was like so mad to like we were trying like like a hundred dollars worth of it like like what were you doing but i like honestly you say that like yeah the tree was the tree where when me and him first hooked up we had sat like in an outdoor space i like, <laughs> like even now like yep tree got it like that makes sense gotta yeah. keep <laughs> i literally like went into your room i think before I th- you were, like, at an appointment or something like that, I think before you even went to the hospital, and I, like, you had already opened, like, a ton of them, mm-hmm. but I gathered up everything that you hadn't opened, because I was like, this is, it was never scrapbooked, like, a day, and I was so fucking stupid. But and... she has tried to scrapbook so many times in her oh, life. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. And so I, like, gathered up everything, and I put it all in my suitcase in the closet, and you were so mad that I hid it from you, and you oh, yeah. were looking everywhere, and I was like, oh, my God. And then, I re- then we returned, yeah, as much as we could. And my second thing is when you uh, also shout, first of all, shout out to Gwen because Gwen is a huge fan of this podcast and laughs. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Gwen. She Hi, laughs Gwen. raucously every time she listens to it and she listens to it with earbuds in. So I always just like hear her like in the other part of our apartment, just like cracking up. And Aww. she and I have that yeah. in common. It's really self-absorbed. <laughs> And no, and she like, um, yeah, she just she'll be like doing the dishes, butt naked, laughing at your podcast. <laughs> if you want visual, sorry, Gwen. You could, maybe no, she'll be fine with this. <laughs> but anyways, one of the funnier things was like I think the same day as we looked through your scrapbooking stuff, you made fun of Gwen said something like about pop culture that was like a super old news, like six month old news, and. And you made oh. fun of, and you made fun of her, and it was really funny because it was like so like you to like, like make uh, just like catch something really. I don't know. It just like seemed like reminded me so much of like just you, your humor in general, and you were still displaying a lot of things that were not exactly things that seemed like you. You know, like mm-hmm. just you know, you were still recovering in a lot of ways, but you like made this dig at Gwen and it was like hilarious and perfect and like yeah. it was like so you and I think it was like kind of funny because it was comforting like it was like oh that's like mm-hmm. that's like such an Anna joke yeah I was it was wasn't it something like Gwen was like oh like 
this Alicia person Keys, like stopped dating it was Alicia curse. Keys stopped wearing makeup oh yeah <laughs> there's like everyone knows that I've been in a hospital for a yeah. week <laughs> you're like I've literally about? been hospitalized and I know that like that happened like six months ago <laughs> Alina didn't your dad think Alicia Keys wasn't black <sighs> probably <laughs> I, I like specifically remember but you're happy like there's no way it's not a chance I, that's, that's, that's so funny yeah that's true though. Like it is super comforting when when someone's going through something like that, and like they say something where you're like, "Oh, thank God!" Like that's what they would usually say. Or they're like, still there, yeah. Yeah, they're still there exactly because you feel like you've lost that person for so much of it. I mean, even when I was in it, I felt like I had lost a lot of myself for also because of the relationship that I was mm-hmm. in. But that, that like I never tried the like laughing because you're just like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> like yeah. it's gonna. It get feels back so to good because you we'll you just... love that you know we're like very close friends, so it feels good to be like, "Oh, I can laugh at my my best friend," you know, like. Yeah, exactly. And then, did you have something to say for the boundaries thing? That yeah. You so I think for like I love that you have a working definition because I did not come in with one, and I think that as far as boundaries, I think I just used to believe that being close friends with people meant not having a lot of boundaries with them. And that if you love people and you're best friends, you know everything that's going on with them and you're a part of it. And if they're not keeping you in the loop, then like, are you really close friends? You know, that kind of like stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think now just as a product of being a more mature person and older and like all the experience we've had mm-hmm. I think I'm like mm-hmm. less afraid of space I've learned that like space can be like, a really nice part of a friendship you know like catching mm-hmm. up like mm-hmm. catching yeah. up with your best friends and that it doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. don't love each other and like want to take care of each other it just means that like y- you have you're allowed to be different people and have space and that like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you're not there for them this all sounds like very fluffy yeah. but um but I think I just used to feel a lot more pressure on myself that like if I was giving space Mm. then I wasn't a good friend you know no and I don't think it sounds fluffy at all I think that's like a hundred percent correct that uh, it's weird I feel like that's a part of growing up in general but like Mm -hmm. the fact that there were so many crises like in Mm -hmm. all of our lives what made it like much more stark you know what was like that you had to start figuring those things out I mean mm-hmm. I th- I'm sure it's the same the truth for everyone like there are like things in your life that happen that you're really like okay this isn't working anymore mm-hmm. um but they were just such dramatic things happening mm-hmm. um I think so- also because the person who's going specifically with like Manny and stuff like that is demanding that you're mm-hmm. there for them uh yeah Anna was furious when you and I hung out or like when we mm-hmm. when I would like leave the house I was furious at Anna when she like in my mind like wasn't there for me and I Mm -hmm. think it's really I I think in general like not listening to another person specifically someone who's like sick about what you should be doing and instead trying to develop the self-knowledge to figure out for yourself what you need to be doing Mm -hmm. yeah Um, also on that no, I think it also, it really is a part of growing up. Like, I, my um, roommate and her uh, boyfriend, they are the type of people who are, like, always on the phone with somebody who's, like, a friend who's in crisis, and it, like, delays them from going to places because they, like, have this, like, surprise hour-long phone call with someone who's, like, going through a breakup or mm-hmm. things like that. And, like, they were asking me, like, oh, 
does that like oh that doesn't happen they were like so surprised that 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 doesn't happen I don't do that and I was like honestly like my friends like my close friends especially like they're all seeing therapists or have seen therapists like on medication if they need to be like if there's a crisis in someone's lives like of course you want to be there for them but you really do like at a certain point I think just get sick of like always being in crisis mode and and you'll reach out to people when you need to when you need help and then the rest of that if you can build that within yourself to actually like support Mm -hmm. yourself or or kind of go more to the people who are like immediately surrounding you or the person Mm -hmm. who if it's like a breakup or whatever like the person who you're breaking up with like you you know what I mean like it doesn't always have to be like Mm -hmm. I think talking about issues like that and like really like giving them so much weight and importance I think it almost makes it like a, a bit harder to move through it does that make sense is what is what I'm saying yeah no I, I, totally, I totally agree yeah. yes yeah yeah and what you're saying it's so interesting like when you were saying that about like your your roommate um I remember like there are times too and I feel like yeah I feel like all of the people in my life like used to do that like and have grown out of it like I remember like one time you and Gwen were like an hour late to something because Gwen was on the phone with a friend who was in crisis and like thinking about that now it's like that would just never hopefully happen anymore that you know someone would be demanding that much of someone else's time and energy when they were like trying to go Mm -hmm. somewhere else yeah Yeah, Um, and I think there's this weird part of us like not everyone but a lot of people that like want loves to feel needed and like you feel like mm-hmm. you feel powerful and important and, yeah, and yeah. that like this person might rely on you a little bit and like I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there mm-hmm. for a lot of people <laughs> and sure, I think yeah. it's a little bit selfish almost to yeah. um, mistaking um dependence for closeness for sure yeah yeah and I yeah I definitely like remember seeing more of that in like college and I think just because college is such a transition time that like mm-hmm things do feel like really magnified and intense sometimes and everyone, you can be like separate yeah. from people you love. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, yes, I think you guys, I think that's totally true. It's interesting too, because, um, and this is a question I want to ask, but like, um, when Maria, Maria, when you were going through it, I, that's when I started reading my therapist started recommending the book um, Codependent No More, which was like about my romantic relationship at the time. But it was also, I think, about like she had also intended it to be about like our relationship at the time. And like that was a really hard part of it was just like because when someone's manic, they're simultaneously like really want you to be there and also like really don't want you to say like anything that they don't 100% agree with or Mm -hmm. like have especially when you're feeling so good like have concern for you or point out that things like Mm -hmm. might not be okay or anything like that and so it made it really difficult to know how to be there for someone when when you were like present for them they they were not very like receptive to what you're saying or like very grateful for your concern or anything like that Mm -hmm. um and then when you were like apart from them they were really upset with you for like creating distance and creating setting boundaries and setting space and I think setting boundaries with someone who's manic is just a very thankless task like you either feel Mm -hmm. very guilty for not being there for them or you feel if you you know if you are having worse boundaries you feel 
like the target of a lot of mm-hmm. their aggression and stuff like that. Yeah, and let's, that... I mean, I think the other thing, too, to remember is, like, you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want in the situations. It's going to have very little impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, like you're saying, that feeling of importance. Like, you know, Anna could have told me every single day, go to therapy, been there for me all the time, and I don't think I would have got it. I, like, I, ju- I just, like, I was already going to therapy. I already was, like, I you know, know therapy so every day. Like, I just God. don't think... <laughs> like we talk about this like a lot like you have to just take care of yourself instead because there's just so little you can do for other people and I think it's like kind of an ego blow to be like nothing you do matters but like truly like not much that you're doing actually has any sort of impact on the outcome of the situation so yeah yeah but I I had a question um that I wanted Wait. to ask you sorry I totally Maria I think that's a really good point I I think that's because I, th- I think everyone, we take things so personally and I used to, I still do sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think I like grew up taking things incredibly personally. And it's like, actually, like mm-hmm. you really have almost no impact on this situation overall. And like, if the person's mad at you in the moment, like that's yeah. fine. They're mad at you in the moment. That's okay. And that's okay. And like, yeah. if they're happy with you, then you're probably feeling overwhelmed anyways with it. You know, you're like, how yeah. am I going to keep this yeah. going? And like, it's, it's, you, I think that's a really good point that like, you have a lot yeah. of control over it, I, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, like, Maria trying to work with you on boundary stuff during it, like, mm-hmm. and having us both be a part of the conversation, not just work that I was doing by myself. And when we would have, like, fights, which we had all the time that summer, mm-hmm. being like, I need space. You need immediate resolution. Like, how do we yeah. make those two things work? I remember one night we were at, um, I think it was Shanghai, Tokyo in um, Columbia Heights for like an hour being like okay I I cannot have this conversation and you can't not have this conversation Mm -hmm. like how do we (laughs) reconcile those two things spoiler alert it's a lot easier when both people are you know not going through a mental health crisis but it's still really hard (laughs) even now it's hard like totally. just trying to express what you need out of a situation and then hold like fast on like if mm-hmm. this person doesn't want to provide me what I need like there will be consequences for those actions and I think too yeah. like when you're doing boundary work and you're not doing it with the help of like a professional who's very like good and understands you and is, is helpful it can lead to like even worse boundary stuff um for example my job there's been a few times that people have come on and we have to go through these like safety and privacy things and they'll be like, well, it's my boundary to not want to go through those like safety and privacy protocols. And we have to be like, well, I'm yeah. sorry, but we, this is a boundary that we have. Like sometimes boundaries go up against each other mm-hmm. and that's also really hard mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Can I pivot to yes, something else? So Alina, you were there for Anna's mm-hmm. episode and, and, Mine, um, but we didn't really share with anybody or very many of our other friends uh, who we we have a lot of friends in common, obviously, Mm -hmm. like what was going on. I'm wondering if before, obviously, when we made the podcast, we kind of like came out with all of it. um, But uh, our decision to not tell people was really motivated by shame, I think. But was it difficult for you to not talk about those things with our mutual friends or to know what you could and couldn't say? I think, that, yeah, depending on the situation, it was hard. I, mm-hmm. I And, like, I remember 
sometimes with both, like, with both of you, I would almost want to tell people because I didn't want anyone to think less of you, either of you, and, or, to, yeah. or to be like, you know, they did something inappropriate or weird or, like, why did they say that? And I wanted to be like, you know, like, you yeah. just need to, I wanted to be like, like, just be really, you know, without telling anyone anything, be like, don't just be really easy on them and, like, know that they're going through something and that, mm-hmm. like, if they get upset or hurt, like, it's not a reflection of you, like, it's really something else. And, like, but at the same time, respecting your privacy. And I know with Maria, when you were going through everything, it did feel sometimes good that we had some of our mutual friends in common kind of knew also knew what was going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have, like, a few other people who knew the like sort of the situation felt good because I, I, you can sort of lean on each other a little bit, not even in like huge ways, but just like, just small things. Like when Maria, you would try to do so many things socially that summer and like, you wanted us all to go to this tournament and like do all these big things. And like, and it's funny because a lot of these things were just like extensions of your actual personality of like, we love, we love, right. like, all of us love to, like, make a big plan together. Even if we don't end up seeing the plan through, I think the fun of it is just the brainstorming mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. being able to, like, talk to our other friends and be like, okay, this thing might not actually happen. And, like, she might be super excited about it, but it might not end up happening. And, like, that's fine. And we don't have to get, like, really, you know, like, worked up about it. And, like, just having other people mm-hmm. in the loop felt kind of good sometimes, even if we all weren't, like, fully understanding and educated on everything. But I did definitely sometimes wanted to disclose to people just in order to like protect, probably in a in a shameful way like protect myself to be like my friends aren't mm-hmm. assholes or uh, like you know like my friends <laughs> are great people they're just going through something you know. No, yeah, um, I, I think that is exactly how I felt with it as well. I, it's weird because with your manic, like you want to be around everyone all the time, like you want to be surrounded by like people and by like your close friends and even like not your close friends and at the same time I feel like at least I think you had this instinct for you and, and you had this instinct Luna and I this one for you Maria like you want to like put them in like a room and be like okay <laughs> like like I don't want people to have this perception of you that's based off of how you know like things that aren't actually in your personality or mm-hmm. are like way heightened and stuff like that but that's the other hard part I think that goes back to boundaries too is like mm-hmm. you can't unfortunately like protect everyone all the time and also some people don't even understand mental illness to begin with so even if you like are able to disclose like not everyone's gonna get it yeah and I, and I think a part of it like is a little bit selfish like you're worried that people's perception of like for example like people's perception of Maria might reflect back onto me as Maria's close friend And, like, Mm -hmm. I've talked to Gwen about this just in our relationship, like, how when you're in a relationship, you see how people see your significant other sort of as how a reflection of you as well. And how that can can be pretty unfair to put all that pressure on the other person to... Right, behave exactly how you would behave in a relationship. Exactly, and, like, see that person as a reflection of you when, like, really they Mm -hmm. aren't. And I think it's the the same in friendships sometimes. You, like, don't... It's mm-hmm. like you think you're you you're like I'm just protecting everyone, but like it I think it was a little it is a little selfish. At least I felt a little bit selfish. That's something that I've had to unlearn with you, Maria. Like in general, as like remembering like mm-hmm. everything that you do is not a reflection of me, and everything that I do isn't a reflection of you. And like if people aren't able to distinguish between the two of us, that's like on them and not on yeah us. But 
yeah, that was definitely one of the harder parts of that summer is trying to, it felt like damage control, which is like just so silly because it's a human, mm-hmm. I don't know, like it's an illness in a human being. <laughs> well, I, I guess, Alina, is there any like concrete advice you have for people who are friends with people who are going through something like this? Um, Yeah, I was thinking about that and I was trying to think of like not like super vague stuff. I mean, obviously people should be in therapy, but know that you are not going to make or break the situation like you Mm -hmm. even if you have like all the googling in the world and all the care in the world for this person like you are (laughs) not going to save them and like it's selfish to assume that you could and um I mean obviously there's crisis situations where like you can call a professional in and like somebody can be voluntarily or involuntarily hospitalized but generally if like your friend is still able to take care of themselves and they are not putting themselves in like direct danger or hurting themselves or others like you cannot come in and play God for them. And Mm -hmm. also be nice to yourself, obviously. You know, be nice to the person, of course, but also, like, be really nice to yourself because it is hard. Like, it is hard. And, like, I've been on both ends, I think, of, like, loving people experiencing mental illness and also experiencing it myself and experiencing, like, my dad when, like, people with physical illnesses that are also mental in a lot of ways. It is really hard to love somebody going through something like that because you end up bearing a lot of the brunt because they love you so much. They know that you're Mm -hmm. not going to leave them. And a part of them knows like this person isn't going to leave me, even if I treat them like shit. And it's true. Cause you know, like I'm not going to leave my dad and like, I'm not going to leave you guys, Mm -hmm. but you have to be very nice to yourself. Even if you're not the one experiencing, like I did not experience any episodes of any sort that year, but I think I still needed to be like kind to myself and like take care of myself and lean on people and just talk about what I was experiencing because I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not a professional. I wasn't at work. No, definitely. It is like not easy. Like we, we make it sound, I feel like it sounds so similar to be like, make space, you know, like make boundaries. But like those things Mm -hmm. are incredibly difficult to do. And like, especially if like the person, you know, like someone wants you around or when you say Mm -hmm. no to them that you're being a bad friend. Like I think when Maria, like sometimes I would want to create space with you and I would be like, I am, you know, doing this to one of my best friends and it's not a good feeling and, like, she probably doesn't like it either. But I think also, like, at that time, you wanted to be around people who were giving you more affirmation and I wasn't giving you affirmation, so Mm -hmm. I think it almost, that was kind of nice. I was like, okay, Maria wants to be around people giving her affirmation and so she's going to seek those people out and, like, she will, that will make her feel good and, like, I don't have to myself up Mm -hmm. just because, like, I'm not going to be that person for her. Like, it doesn't really matter right now whether I'm that Mm -hmm. person or not. With both of you, like, when Anna was going through stuff, I, like, Maria would, you would call me a lot, and, like, when Maria was going through stuff, like, Anna, you would call me a lot, and and those felt really good, but they also, like, and it felt really good to, like, be there for both of you, but also, like, I think was a lot for me, just because I didn't really know what to, and because you guys both are so incredibly close that I think it was, like, just so overwhelming for the two of you to navigate that, like, your close just being like completely turned upside down and it was almost crazy how like identical the phone calls sound in retrospect yeah (laughs) like both of you would call me and basically say like the exact same thing like you know you were just sad that your relationship was the way it was and the the other person was like upset or angry and like it was just like devastating for you it was fun it's just like your experiences were so different but I think the effect that they had on the other person still kind of was similar in some ways Mm -hmm. honestly like 
mental illness is really hard for everybody involved and we're not doctors and we're not psychiatrists and like you can't fix everything and you can't expect yourself to fix everything it's Mm -hmm. just like way too hard and that's like the reason that books and professionals exist professionals also don't always solve any everything and that's Mm -hmm. yeah it's just honestly just be nice to yourself and be nice to the other person yeah I 100% agree with all that and and I do feel like it was unfair how much was asked of you and how much I leaned on you during that time but I also really appreciate that you were there and that we can talk about it now I think also I there's a part of me that put myself there and wanted to be there whether it was good for me or not so I think it wasn't wasn't Mm -hmm. just you guys reaching out or leaning on me I think I also have spent a lot of my life like being that person for people like to my own detriment and other people's maybe and so I think I also really put myself in a position where I was like I can be this person for you yeah 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 and I think it's one of those things where one of the signs of codependency is like if someone asks you how you're doing and like you say how someone else Mm. is doing like every time that we talked it was about how Maria was doing instead of like how each of us were doing which like wasn't fair to anyone um including you Maria um that we're spending like that much energy trying to control or like enforce their behavior um which was a, a very um a fool's errand it was just not gonna happen do you feel like our friendships have changed because of all of that yeah I mean I I can't I was I was thinking about this question beforehand I wanted to like be able to answer it in a way that made sense and I I really don't have like a specific example I mean our friendships have changed Mm -hmm. I used to think that our friendships maybe had not changed in a super positive way like I was worried we were less close or more hurt by things from the past but I think that mostly it has actually been positive like I feel like I know that when Mm -hmm. you've been friends with people for eight plus years like there are going to be times when you have hurt each other and not been there for each other and done the wrong thing for the other person or you know Mm -hmm. made mistakes and that like is a part of having a super long friendship and like Mm -hmm. I think as young adults like we hadn't like you know we'd all have people we were friends with since we were like little but you know being an adult and having an adult friendship that lasts that long is like there will be times where you just aren't the right the perfect friend for each other and the right friend for each other but I don't Mm -hmm. think that means Mm -hmm. that you aren't good friends you know like I think that I do think uh, that our friendships are even more real now. Yeah, I was going to say more honest. I agree with that. Yes. An un- incorrect assumption I had that, like, if there were difficult, like, really difficult periods, then it wasn't good. But I think that's, like, a product of life. Like, I've had, you know, we've all had really difficult yeah. periods with, like, the people we love the most. And that's, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they aren't any less important, you know, to you. Like, yeah. I, I think it usually means that, like, they're right. more important. Not that, like, you should have really like up and down friendships with people but that like if if you're caring that much about how the other person feels like it probably means that you really care about that person I mean me and Maria have had like like periods of like a year where we have not felt connected in the right way and like that's been really hard but it's also I think really validating because it lets you know like okay any person like no matter how like well suited for like each other you're like no matter how much you love each other like you're both two completely like individual human beings who have different wants and needs and you're gonna be going through things at different times and you're not always going to be as able to be there for each other and I think that's just 
how how it is and it's not a bad thing it's kind of a good thing that one person isn't like everything for yeah you. and i and i think like i used to think that like if you did have a conflict with a person you're close to that it needs to be like resolved in like a really mm-hmm. succinct way and or just like or else yeah. it doesn't it's not like resolved at all but i think like with all mm-hmm. of us like there's been long periods of time where we haven't really um like found closure about something and then like over time have like discovered Mm -hmm. closure in it with each other and it's not like we were like okay we need to unpack everything that happened with maria last year (laughs) you know and like we need to unpack everything that happened with anna the year before like the things will like continue Mm -hmm. to be unpacked and like our like our our friendship will continue (laughs) to be like something that is unpacked over time and like changes and like it's not all gonna happen in one day and i think honestly and we've all yeah. said this to each other before, like so much, so much of friendship <laughs> is just showing up and not even not in a way where there's no boundaries where you show up all the fucking time, <laughs> but like in a way where you just like continue to show up as a friend, like just to like, I, we yeah. are still friends. And like, it's going like, just because we haven't had a perfect year doesn't mean we're not friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all grown into better people too over the years of the last mm-hmm. eight years. I hope, at least I hope for myself. Y'all, y'all started out great, but I think that like, oh yeah, that I was makes perfect. It, I was like, perfect freshman year. <laughs> just like less insecure and like more able to like ask for things from each other and also be okay if we're, you know. I I think that's yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's nice. Like it's also nice. I will say like not being in crisis like <laughs> like, like i feel like we bounced from crisis to crisis for a while and it's nice not ha- like even you were saying about like oh like how we now handle situations i feel like at, at the end of that summer that maria was married there was like a really big friendship rift not between us but between other friends and it was i feel like we all handled it so much better than we would have for we didn't handle it great but we handled it better because we were like well <laughs> clearly like these people don't have good boundaries with their friendships and us and so maybe it's up to us to like enforce them yeah um, and just like if people don't want to be a part of your life like that is a really that is a really <laughs> shitty thing to hear but it's, it's like we don't all have to have like 20 best friends <laughs> like that's not, that doesn't yeah. make you like a better more cool person honestly probably yeah. means that you're not taking any time for yourself and that you're not getting giving any of these people like a a good friendship because yeah. you're uh, like feeling like shit all the time i'm not perfect and we're not we're not perfect yet yes <laughs> progress is not linear which i think is stressful like we w- there will be times where we will all fall back on these things that like we've done in the past yeah. and like that's okay too i think people like get really scared by that they're like but i like thought i made it you know, like i thought i figured that thing out it's like no mm-hmm. like you're gonna mess up so many times Oh, yeah, definitely. Not to make it about this, but, like, with, like, trauma and, like, sexual trauma, like, so many people will come in the hotline and be like, I've been, like, it happened, like, 40 years ago, like, what's going on? It's like, yeah, and also, like, you're still dealing with, you know, like, you're gonna have good times and bad times in that 40-year period, and this just happens to one of the bad times, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maria, do I ask you your last question? Yeah, do you have any media recommendations, um, like, books or movies or anything else that about bipolar disorder that you would recommend to people or, or boundaries or boundaries you know i don't listen to a ton of stuff specifically about bipolar disorder sadly because there really just isn't i think you guys mm-hmm. are like very accurate and being like there's a niche here that nobody is filling we've actually mm-hmm. talked about this in some of my classes because there are like youtubers who are their only thing is like they have like borderline personality disorder and they're just like out here giving advice mm-hmm. and in the class we we're talking about like 
is that a good thing? And like people do want community so badly that I get why there's a hole to be filled. But at the same time, like if you're passing yourself off as a professional, there's a problem there. But obviously we have stated oh, yeah. that we are not professionals. <laughs> we are not. There are people online who like pass themselves off as professionals of things without, you know, to people who might be going through a really hard time. Right. Can I just give like a more general mental health? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, go for it. I listened to the Hardcore Self-Help Podcast. Hardcore self-help podcast. With Duff the Psych. He's a psychologist who wrote a book called Fuck Anxiety, and then he wrote a book called Fuck Depression. And they were, like, the purpose was to write about anxiety and depression in ways that aren't, like, super jargony and, like, professional. They were more, like, for Mm -hmm. for anyone was his purpose. And I think he filled the niche. It was, like, 10 years ago or so. I don't remember when the books came out, but, like, that wasn't really a thing at that point. And now that's totally a thing. Like there's tons of books that are like, fuck this fucking mental health. Shit. <laughs> yeah. but, like, at the time, I think he was feeling like a thing where people were, all they could find was like super jargony medical advice. that didn't really make sense to mm-hmm. them. Um, but he'll answer like three mental health questions per episode. And he's very likable and under easy to understand. And so I listened to that. Honestly, not much else. Because I am in school right now and we talk a lot, social work is more than mental health talk, but we do a lot of like talk about like social justice and oppression and mental health and stuff. Sometimes I don't, I like purposely don't seek out media with that because I'm like a little inundated with it just at school and also working with people with special needs. There's a lot of mental health talk and behavior. We talk like about behavior so much, but anyways, so like, I feel like at work and at school, I sometimes talk so much about like these co- mm-hmm. concepts that I'm like, ah, 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 and so I don't seek them out as much, but um, your podcast, I would recommend your pod, this podcast. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> in one of my classes, we had a discussion board post about people finding community and whatever, and I recommended your podcast, and, and oh, nobody wow. wrote anything back besides that this person disagreed <laughs> with me that, because I said, like, people are just trying to find community, and they were like, okay, but this person is giving bad medical advice, and I was like, yeah, no, I agree that you shouldn't follow this person's medical advice, but you should listen to my friend's podcast. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. We give zero oh, medical yeah. advice. And, yeah, and if we do, it's all great. <laughs> and I'm, it's honestly good that neither of you is trying to even, like, be like, we're using the correct terminology and stuff, because then you get yourself into, like, all these weeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still have no idea what even type of bipolar it has. Like, we're not, <laughs> we're not anywhere close to, like, the end of our own mental health journey. So how could yeah. we? Because even just reading textbooks and stuff, like, now I find myself, like, being like, hmm, well, that probably means bipolar too. And I'm like, okay, you need to like not use mm-hmm. that t- line of thinking because like you are just a person. But it's funny because I also, I think I've talked about this, have professors who are like, fuck medical terminology. And like, they just don't want us to talk mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, we, we're learning. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you had wanted to say while you were on here? Yeah, it's a really yeah. big deal. So. I mean, I was really excited to do this because for a lot of different reasons and also nervous. And because I think that with, especially with Maria's experience, it is more recent and I don't want to say something about it that, you know, I don't want to do the wrong, you know, like I think Maria, we've just had less, less beating years to death, like a dead horse, like what we did with Anna, I think. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I wanted to like make sure I was like, not i don't i didn't want to do wrong by you in any way talking about it yeah i think we have no. a more like cohesive narrative and story about anna's and mine's just a bit more mm-hmm. like messy at this point which is like which is right like a uh, reflective of so many people's experience <laughs> so i think that's really important like it's not always just like you know like 
something super bad happened and then I had to be on medicine. It's like, no, I've been like experiencing these things all, you know, for a really long time or for a certain amount of time and it's affected me, but I don't really know exactly in which ways, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'm asking for affirmation here that I did not hurt your feelings. <laughs> oh my, yeah. my, yeah, right now? Oh no, okay, absolutely yeah. not. Jesus Christ. No. Okay. You're great. Yeah. Great job. I think with like my story, like there's a lot more like obvious like villains and heroes. Like I was definitely the villain of the story. <laughs> you know, one of two. So it's just well, it's just, it's just it's easier. It's a little bit neater than like I didn't have a good experience, and Maria's experience was oftentimes like very positive, and that's different. Like that's just very different. So like any of my positive experiences just sound like someone psychotic went through something good <laughs> you know it's like wow like I made the nurses play like the the wedding song of me and my then boyfriend who was terrible to me at the hospital and we like danced to it like what a great memory everyone's like yeah cool <laughs> like that sounds great whereas like Maria's are like I met so many new people and like it was really hard my family wasn't on board with like, what I was doing and etc and like there's just less like just less a lot more gray area a lot less like yeah you know yeah. we've also talked about it less I will say that so hopefully wow by the you know end of this podcast yes. <laughs> we'll just be really good and now I feel like it. I am beating this to death but with Maria when you were going through it sometimes like with with Anna we were like we're doing our best and like and we're like, we're being good. We're doing a good job. Even when it wasn't like, perfect, I yeah. felt like we were doing a decent job. And with you, I sometimes was like, I think all I did was make, you know, like all we did was mess with our friendship. You know, like I was like, I, sometimes I was like, there yeah. is no mm -hmm. hero here. Like, I'm, like I am not, I don't know if I've done anything well. And I think maybe I, you know, we all should have just been like, chill, do what you want, you know, but like, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just no. have like more, I think I have more complicated feelings within myself about that time well i'm here to say i completely forgive yourself there's absolutely like no need to like carry any sort of guilt about that because <laughs> i only have fun memories <laughs> of you during that time and i don't think that mm -hmm. yeah like we were saying there's little to nothing you could have done differently that would have made any sort of impact on yeah. how quickly i got the proper medical treatment so yeah no I, need I, to feel bad about yeah. that at all it definitely felt like a summer of messing up i will agree with that it'd be like oh wrong thing did the wrong yeah. thing again oh <laughs> <laughs> thought i was on the right track yeah. but uh, didn't work so and i think also like you saying that is very sweet and i think also some of it is like i have to and i this probably is advice for people who love people experiencing something like this is that you have to forgive yourself for being angry with them too mm -hmm. like when i was mad at mm -hmm. you or angry at you and to feel shame about that later because you know that that person didn't really have as much control over the situation. They did and they mm -hmm. didn't, you know, it's complicated. Um, but to feel shame that you were so angry at someone you love or like upset with them or embarrassed or whatever, just to like, it's a, like a, a process of forgiving yourself for feeling that way because it's only now. That's really good advice. Very good advice, Lena. Now I think we can transition to the like end bit. So no one recorded voice memos. Besides, I just recorded a bunch of my foster kitten purring. Do you yeah, I would hear like to hear no? Jeanette um, making that fucked up sound again. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, is her purring. Oh.
I'm not saving. What is inside of her? <laughs> and you guys can see her too. She's like as she's big tiny. As my really, hand. she's that small. And yeah, she's making she's that tiny. much noise. Wow. She... Yeah. She's also been throwing herself against the side of the closet. So if I'm laughing during like inappropriate times of the podcast, I'll notice because I just heard like a thump as she. Like, it was because I was saying something really funny, and also, and also deep at the same time somehow. Yeah. How does that happen? How are you so good at this? I don't know if you guys tell, but I was like sobbing and hysterically laughing this entire time. So yeah. that was thanks to Lena Morris. Emotional roller coaster. In terms of other stuff, I just finished the marvelous Mrs. Mm. Maisel. It's three seasons. All of it? And I watched it. All of it, yeah. It's three seasons, about, like, eight episodes a season. And I really wish there was another season out already. But she she keeps messing up that one. And then uh, <laughs> rising back from the ashes. Wow. But they're so bad at all any sort of, like, race other than white people mm-hmm. on that show. It's really yes. cringy. I... I yeah. loved the first season, like adored it, and then the most recent season, mm-hmm. I actually didn't finish because I wasn't, it wasn't wow. like drawing me in. And I usually am very brand loyal, mm-hmm. as you guys know, to my TV. But I, oh, yeah. didn't, we didn't finish this season because it just like there was no central plot. Like there was really no plot that I felt mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't wait to see how this gets resolved. Probably with yeah, some yeah, comedy yeah. and some mayhem. But honestly, <laughs> yeah. it was just like. It was beautiful. Like, the show is so beautifully done. It's just, like, visually mm-hmm. and the sounds. And it's smart. But, like, yeah. I felt like the plot in the most recent Hot Takes with Elena, the plot was just, like, this season. So that's – I didn't even watch the end. So, like, you could spoil the end for me if you yeah. want. I'm sure it yeah. wouldn't be that interesting anyway. The yeah. finale was actually, that's like, good. pretty good. Um, but you're right. Like, they kind of, like, started a bajillion different side plots and, and didn't resolve or, or like, really – I didn't feel very invested in any of them either. But yeah, I do think the finale was, was really good. I, there's a lot of episodes in this season that were directed and written by Daniel Palladino, who is Amy Sherman Palladino, the creator of the show's uh-huh. husband. And I just think that he, he oh, for yeah. better or for worse, like he kind of is better with like... The kooky, like side The kooky more plots. episodes or like yeah. um, the ones that don't have that much emotional uh-huh. depth. yeah. I think that it's very, it comes across very clearly that it's only the two of them writing the show. There's no writers of color on the show at all. And that was okay yeah. for the first season because there's no people of color on it, but they've since, or or I think there's like one makeup girl who they were like, this is the African-American makeup girl who does like African-American yeah. makeup. Mm-hmm. And like this season they have, their part of it's set in Chinatown. She's on tour with a black man and his black band and stuff like that so they've yeah yeah kind of painted themselves into a corner with that yeah it's like they expanded their world and they did not expand their writing with it yeah no yeah that's interesting i think it's the same thing that uh organizations and companies run into is like Mm -hmm. putting people at the bottom and and other actors are paid any less but they in terms of control or um Mm -hmm. decisions over uh character they have a lot less control over that so putting people at the bottom who are people of color and then keeping the entire structure of like management or like writers producers as white and you know it's like well that's visible diversity or like performative diversity but you're not actually creating a safe space it's called the plantation model i don't know if it specifically applies in this instance because again actors are um generally like not Looking at you, Bon Appetit. 
but yeah, looking at a lot of places, honestly. I <laughs> I don't watch tomorrow's episode, though, but I started watching Bicycle Thief last night, Mia. Oh, um, the Italian Neil Rosenthal? Italian men in movies are so charming. That was... Yeah. They were... When I was over there, they, they were pretty charming, but they were also so not charming whatever mm-hmm. they're people but in movies like they're always like portrayed like so effortlessly charming which i really appreciate um yeah it's a great like great it's film. a beautiful life that's like oh, oh. this guy is so charming but th- what i haven't i only got like 20 minutes in because i kept getting so nervous every time he would like let go of his bicycle i was like when are they gonna steal it this is so bad yeah, so you i got, had to like, you gotta, stop. like just detach from that and it, like, it, it gets stolen i'm just gonna <laughs> I know, I was so anxious. I like, was like, oh, what does it happen? Like, keep your hand on your bicycle. Like, keep carrying it. So, I don't know if I'll be able to get to that movie. I wanted to ask Lena if she's been watching anything, but... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've been watching mostly Survivor. trash. But um, also, I thought, I, I don't know where this will fit in, so I just want to say it so that you guys know what happened. This morning, <laughs> when I woke up, Gwen turned to me and said, it's okay if you cry on their podcast. <laughs> shoot uh, we should have made you cry, cry. Yeah, yeah yeah and i think i was like i wasn't even well i was thinking about that but i was like damn gwen <laughs> but i was like yes thank you gwen. I, yeah it will be okay if i cry but i mean not that i cried but i thought it would be funny i just wanted to tell you guys that that happened i love that gwen thank you for being <laughs> such a fan of this podcast such a devoted listener and such a source of moral support to one of our best friends elena morrissey and also a source of support to us throughout both these things, I will say. That Gwen is was, true. Very yeah, good. Gwen was, like, you guys made me like, beautiful cards, and, yeah, Gwen was lovely. I wanted to address a controversy in our birthday episode. There's been a controversy? Gwen is part of it. It's, I think it's our most divisive, probably, like, minute, minute and a half of the podcast. I don't think I, uh, I, don't think I listened to the birthday episode, I'm sorry. Oh, you'll like it, but, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm Wait, trying to figure out which gear of life we're going into and i spend the like i just count on my oh. fingers one <laughs> two three and you just slap me and i kept it in i thought it was really funny but i've heard from people that they just stopped listening at that point because it was no so way boring yeah how and dare I they i will say it was funny because on your facebook post about the episode you were like we're going into like our like 26th year and I was like it's your 27th year we established that oh, shit. on the podcast but Gwen really liked that part I believe so Thank well we're Gwen. doing it for Gwen I don't know she's our target audience think- member if you want to skip that part skip it and then come back yeah, just... we do talk about some really juicy stuff after that but it's experimental podcasting is what it is mm-hmm. i think gwen really has a, a, a love of like idiosyncrasies and like people's little things that mm-hmm. they do and i think like hearing you guys do stuff like that just like little weird things that like she can imagine you doing in person just she's obsessed Aww. with things. yeah she's like really tickled by like little things about people yeah gwen's like a very good observer of people and but sometimes she just sits around and repeats idiosyncrasies out loud like um (laughs) (laughs) different when you i do that too yeah it's a thing but it's when you live with the person and you're in quarantine you're like why are you repeating something what's happening (laughs) okay so you've been watching survivor elena and you and I've been watching it all out of order. And yesterday we met a person and she was like, why are you watching it all out of order? That's really weird because it's so much more powerful when you watch it in order and then they bring back people from the past and you're like, ooh, I know this guy. He was such a social oh. player. Or like oh, yeah. she was such a you know physical player or whatever. Didn't know that they did that. Oh, yeah. Survivor. So they start, Never. and that is, they were smart. They start bringing in <laughs> past players who were 
either like divisive or interesting or very successful. And it works against mm -hmm. you because people see you come in and they go, oh, that person is like a really good social player. We should get rid of them really fast. So yeah. it ends up being like even like really physically strong people and really smart people are just like blindsided and voted off immediately because people are like, no, I'm not going to let you even try to play the game because you're so good at it. So it is yeah. like, that makes it sense. It is kind of interesting in that way. Like it's more complex than just like what you think it would be, which I don't even know what I thought it was before I started watching it. Well, on the show that we watched, the chal well, one of many shows that we watched, but the show that we watched together every week, the challenge, they do that too. They bring back old cast. That's like that's the whole kind of point of the challenge. It's like mm -hmm. there's a, a constant like stream of new cast members, but also they keep repeating old ones. And actually, they have survivor players on it now. Yes, but they but it's the opposite of the of the phenomenon you're describing. It's like the veterans, as they call themselves, are always like kind of given like an easier time and a free pass, and the rookies have to prove themselves every season because they're bringing back multiple ones. They have like a very strong alliance, and like they don't want to have to do eliminations and stuff like that um and they want the new the new players to have to like prove themselves mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. and there definitely is aspects of that but it's a little like it's it seems to kind of be a mix it, it like it's like really yeah. weak people get voted off but then really strong people are kept for they're like oh we need them for the physical challenges but then sometimes they're like oh we just need to get mm -hmm. rid of him right away he's too much of a threat it's like and like one person can change everything by just like convincing a bunch of people to follow their lead it's it can be very interesting. I get why it has like one billion seasons. There is something there. There, there's some some weird like microcosm of society, reflection of society in there. But I mean, that's basically all I've been watching. I think. I think that's good. Sweet, yeah. I had one more recommendation for uh, like books. The book Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. It's really good about boundaries and stuff like that. And that's the book that I was reading. I don't know if I specifically recommended it earlier, but that was the book that I was reading. I would also um, recommend going to grad boundaries. school and having to learn about mm -hmm. therapy because then you learn um, about therapy and you also learn about yourself. <laughs> Any textbooks to recommend, <laughs> No, honestly. It is funny, though, because everyone is, like, there to supposedly, like, give help, but I think you also get a lot of really good resources and information and, and like experiences of learning about yourself at the same time so it's weird it's like i guess that's what i'm paying for i don't know interesting maybe bad maybe good i don't know you can take it either way <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being on the show elena you did an yeah. amazing job you did a great job a plus i learned so much just from really okay with you. great and, and i was there. there we were there but uh thank you so much to Hannah Dorfman for doing our music, Mia Thoreau for doing our show art, and E.B. Davis for doing Portraits of Us, which you can find on our social media at Bipolar by Coastal on Instagram and Bipolar by Coastal on Facebook. We also have a Gmail, Bipolar by Coastal at gmail.com, where you can email us. We're getting more emails, which I Thank love. Thank you so much. And we're responding to them too, which is great. <laughs> and yep, DM us on our social media, whatever, reach out. Uh, the Facebook page is the best place to go to for information. For example, last week we had uh, an episode about a TV show and we posted it to watch the TV show before the episode came out. So if you're looking for more information, that's the best place to find us by Polar Bike Coast on Facebook. Yeah, thank you so much again, Alina. You were great. Thank Bye. you, Liz. Bye. Bye.